The Litro Lab Podcast. As part of my travelling exhibition of interviews and portraits of writers, the creative process, I've been talking with authors about the themes in their writing, the books which influenced them, the relationships which changed their lives. This summer I spoke to poet and playwright and National Book Critics Circle winner Claudia Rankin about her creative process and the issue of racism in her amazing and innovative collection, Citizen, an American Lyric. Conversation with Claudia Rankin by Mia Funk Rankin's provocative collection, Citizen, an American Lyric, is full of poems about casual and deliberate racism. Encounters in the classroom, subways, standing in line, they are peopled with strangers given a choice but who somehow miss the connection. Strangers who see only race, refusing to see the person behind. Sometimes they aren't strangers, but a colleague, a friend, Rankin says. It becomes a moment that has to be negotiated. On the train, the woman standing makes you understand there are no seats available. And, in fact, there is one. Is the woman getting off at the next stop? No. She would rather stand all the way to Union Station. The space next to the man is the pause in a conversation you are suddenly rushing to fill. You step quickly over the woman's fear, a fear she shares. You let her have it. The man doesn't acknowledge you as you sit down because the man knows more about the unoccupied seat than you do. For him, you imagine, it is more like breath than wonder. He has had to think about it so much, you wouldn't call it thought. When another passenger leaves his seat and the standing woman sits, you glance over at the man. He's gazing out the window into what looks like darkness. You sit next to the man on the train, bus, in the plane, waiting room, anywhere. He could be forsaken. You put your body there in proximity to, adjacent to, alongside, within. You don't speak unless you are spoken to, and your body speaks to the space you fill, and you keep trying to fill it, except the space belongs to the body of the man, next to you, not to you. Where he goes, the space follows him. If the man left his seat before Union Station, you would simply be a person in a seat on the train. You would cease to struggle against the unoccupied seat. When, where, why, the space won't lose its meaning. You imagine if the man spoke to you, he would say, it's okay, I'm okay. You don't need to sit here. You don't need to sit, and you sit, and look past him into the darkness. The train is moving through a tunnel. All the while, the darkness allows you to look at him. Does he feel you looking at him? You suspect so. What does suspicion mean? What does suspicion do? The soft gray-green of your cotton coat touches the sleeve of him. You are shoulder to shoulder, though standing 
you could feel shadowed. You sit to repair whom, who, you erase that thought. And it might be too late for that. It might forever be too late or too early. The train moves too fast for your eyes to adjust to anything beyond the man, the window, the tile tunnel, its slick darkness. Occasionally a white light flickers by like a displaced sound. From across the aisle, tracks, room, harbor, world, a woman asked a man in the rows ahead if he would mind switching seats. She wishes to sit with her daughter or son. You hear, but you don't hear. You can't see. It's then the man next to you turns to you. And as if from inside your own head, you agree that if anyone asks you to move, you'll tell them we're traveling as a family. I, um, I put this... Um, book together as a way of interrogating microaggressions um, in terms of day-to-day -day racism in the United States. And often I'm asked, well, why did you do that? Why did you even want to do that? And I think it's because when um, macroaggressions, huge aggressions happen, people often say, how did that happen? as if we haven't been building up to that moment day to day, every day, for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I'm going to read um, a piece if I can find it here about a guy who with his friends decided that they would get in their car, their pickup truck, and drive until they saw the first black person they could see. And then they would get out of their pickup truck and they would beat that person. Um, and so that's what they did. And... Um, I want, to, I want to read this because often people think that someone like Dylan Roof is an anomaly. And he is just one of many homegrown terrorists in the United States. And you wonder, on the other side of that, what about young men in their white bodies feel... where? why they feel that killing black people will empower them in some way. Like, what is lacking? And what is going into the space of that lack? In the next frame, the pickup truck is in motion. Its motion activates its darkness. The pickup truck is a condition of darkness in motion. It makes a dark subject. You mean a black subject? No, a black object. Then the pickup is beating the black object to the ground and the tire marks, the crushed organs. Then the audio, I ran that nigger over, is itself a record-breaking hot June day in the 21st century. The pickup returns us 
to live cruelty, like sunrise, red streaks falling from dawn to asphalt. Then again, this pickup is not about beauty. It's a pure product. The announcer patronizes the pickup truck. No hoodlums, just teens. No gang, just a teen with straggly blonde hair, a slight blonde man. The pickup is human in this predictable way. Do you recognize yourself, Deadman? In the circulating photo, you are looking down. Were you dreaming of this day all the days of your youth? In the daydream, did the pickup take you home? Was it a pickup fueling the road to I ran that nigger over? Baldwin says skin color cannot be more important than the human being. And was the pickup constructing or exploding whiteness out of you? You are so sorry. You are angry. An explosive anger. An effective one. I ran that nigger over. James Craig Anderson is dead. The pickup truck is a figure of speech. It is as the crown standing in for the kingdom. Who told you it was a crown? Did we tell you the pickup was as good as home? You are so young, dead men. You were so young. James Craig Anderson is dead. What ails you, dead men? What up? What's up is James Craig Anderson is dead. So sorry, so angry, an imploding anger. It must let you go. It let you go. The, um, the story of that was that these kids, they decided they were going to go find a, a black person to beat up. And this man, James Craig Anderson, stepped out of his hotel in the early morning, and they beat him to a pulp. And then um, Daryl Deadman got back into the pickup truck and ran it over his crawling body on the asphalt. It was all recorded on the cameras around the hotel. And then the kids went to a McDonald's. At the McDonald's, Deadman said, I ran that nigger over. And so that was also recorded. Because of those two... Um, Recordings, they he was convicted, but none of the other teenagers with him were until recently. The um, the federal the federal government reopened the case, and um, and and retried them. But what's similar about this and the the recent um, shooting in Charleston was that the um, the police in both cases treated these men like their own sons. So um, in Desmond's case, they, they allowed his family to take the pickup truck back before they even wiped it for evidence. In uh, um, the case, I don't know if this is myth or this is true, but it was, really, it was in the media that um, when um, Dylan Roof was picked up, he said he was hungry, so they took him to a Burger King. 
And I, I often think, like, if that were me, would I be taken to a Burger King? I mean, that's really the question to ask yourself. If it were you, would you be treated in the same way or would you not be treated in the same way? I asked Rankin, do you think that a willingness to face pain is an essential part of maturing as a writer and as a human being? And could you describe a moment in your own life, a painful moment, and the art that arose from it? I do feel it's sort of part of what it is to be human, negotiating pain. I, but I, I, I think that um, I, when I'm working, I really am interested in affect. And the negotiation and interrogation of emotions as valid positions from which to work. And um, so in that sense, it is at the center of my practice. Um, you know, I was trying to think, as I move through my life, there are these moments where you come up against someone's inability to understand something you feel is basic. That is some, something that should just, in my estimation, should be a human recognition of some breach, some problem, some outrageous. And when it's not there, I think I laugh my way through that moment, but I think that is the recognition of the pain, that that kind of, um, I was with, I, my husband and I were um, in New York at a social justice institute, and there was a film, and in the film there were three black men, and the film um, interviewed three, the mothers of these three black men, it's my husband's film. And the woman who is the head of the Social Justice Institute, the head, the person in charge, who brought the film, who invited me and my husband, she came afterwards and she said, now I'm trying to remember which of the mothers sounded white. And it was, it's that kind of moment where both my husband and I just cracked up. We started laughing. But it was it was laughter in the the pain in the face of an extreme breach and a misunderstanding of who we had in front of us. Citizen has been universally praised as one of the best collections of 2014. At once courageous and inventive, her poems don't take the shape of traditional poems. The collection was nominated for a National Book Critics Circle Award in both poetry and criticism. It won for poetry. There are several scripts for situations, texts for documentary films made with John Lucas, Rankin's husband. Others are unmistakably lyrical though they look like prose. A man knocked over her son in the subway. You feel your own body wince. He's okay, 
but the son of a bitch kept walking. She says she grabbed the stranger's arm and told him to apologize. I told him to look at the boy and apologize. I wonder how many times Rankin has felt knocked over. Her poems are full of people who are knocked over, literally, figuratively, and full of people who keep on walking. And what she's done so beautifully in Citizen is asked us to really look at our part in the situation and see what we can do. Here comes the sun, little darling. Thanks to Claudia Rankin and to Deborah Landau, director of NYU's summer creative writing program, and Shakespeare and Company in Paris, who generously hosted the reading.